You're tuned in to RX Radio. Movement prescribed. Brought to you by Prescript.com. A personalized approach to keeping you healthy and making your best even better. Your hosts, Dr. Jordan Shallow and Dr. Jordan Jinta. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Uh, another episode of RX Radio. Uh, special one for you today. This one's, I mean, I've been doing so many international ones remotely, um, which has been great. Been able to connect with a lot of people that had planned on connecting with in person, but uh, I guess this will be the first part of um, you know, of a multiple series, especially with this guy. I've been lucky enough to uh, get connected with Mark Coles in the past year. Uh, he's been kind of uh, an integral part, I think, of the rise of, of the fitness industry in the UK. Uh, his gym M10, from a, a you know a results standpoint, a, a theory, a practical application standpoint, it really is a is a reflection of, of great leadership. Mark walks the walk and talks the talk, especially when it comes to the business side. Uh, you know, I had a handful of guys that are go to in this space uh, that aren't fucking charlatans trying to rip off whatever money they can and then run off and live their lives in recluse in Bali or some shit like that. And for those of you who know who I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. Um, but Mark is, Mark is, I would say, Mark, there's a bicep size knowledge and business coefficient um, that that puts him at the top of the podium like he's definitely one of us when it comes to the business side of things Um, just super aware um, when it comes to like look if you want to and I know a lot of you guys that listen I know a lot of you guys in level one course something that we're trying to like broach the subject with is like the, the content we teach is not really you know, it, it falls on deaf ears if you don't have the principle um, behind it with business. So Mark's uh, Mark's come out with a new book. Uh, Mark is a uh, you know has a, a lot of experience in the field in running a business, and you know he also keeps some skin in the game, which I think is integral when you're when you're speaking on a topic. So he's still on the gym floor, um, you know, whether it's teaching his guys or you know working out himself. I think that's one thing that helps you stay connected, especially in the business field and the business field specifically in the fitness industry. Um, so we talk a lot in this episode about his new book, but more so about like his principles. Like I'm, I'm trying to like honestly do him a solid because he was nice enough to send me the manuscript, so I've been able to go through it. And it's just, uh, it's called Level Up: The Fitness Professional's Roadmap to Achieving Excellence. And you know, there's some he says some things that I think some people that are business and fitness in that order are afraid to say, but because he's sort of fitness first and then business as as a necessity, which I think a lot of us are in that position, you know, there's words and phrases and podcasts and people that I know of now that I had never thought in a million years would be names and concepts and and theories that have to go over because, you know, you try to evolve and, and run your own business. Uh, and Mark has, has just done it so well, and he's done it with such a level of character and integrity. It's like, you know, I was told so at a very young age, like, your network is your net worth. And just, you know, you get to a point where your hands starts to get stamped by certain people. And when some people come in high regard, like, I always make this comparison. Like, Igor Jayesh, if you're listening, man, I used to ask you if you liked certain movies when you saw it in theaters. Because if you did, I would never go see it. He was like, if Igor said it was great, that means by proxy of the way what I liked and what he liked, it was probably the dumbest movie. Like, hey, Igor, how is Borat? Oh, bro, it's so sick. Never fucking saw Borat in my life, right? So, but like once you start, you have some people that work the opposite. 
So there's a handful of guys that I got a ton of respect for. Um, the first, obviously, being Ben Pakalski, who actually wrote the foreword for this book, which was actually really interesting. I was reading, <laughs> I was reading the book, and it's we talk about it in the podcast, which is super cool. I was reading the book, and he's this the you know the unknown at the time. And I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but the unknown author of the foreword, I was reading through it and I was like, I fucking know these words. And I started hearing it in Ben's voice. Um, and Ben was someone we were in Manchester last year. Um, ben would taken some extra time on the back end of his trip to, to go and spend some time with Mark, which says, which says a lot because Ben's a very busy guy. Um, and then, you know, getting to sort of watch Jordan Peters do his thing uh, from the other side of the pond and watch his business acumen. They actually had a great podcast. Um, so Mark has a podcast as well. I definitely recommend, you know, grab the book, check out Mark's podcast, check out his stuff. He, uh, he shoots from the hip. He keeps it real. And it's, and it's real world applicable stuff that I think if you run a business in the fitness industry, some things might just be a pleasant reminder, but some things will really make you think. Um, so without any further ado, I'm not going to, not going to beat a dead horse here and pump Mark's tires. Frankly, he does. He's a man, in my opinion, who needs no introduction guys. So, uh, the book again is level up the fitness professionals roadmap to achieving excellence. Uh, I believe it comes out. It's up for pre-sale at the moment, um, so you can get it. Be the first one to grab it. It's going to be on Amazon, and I believe I want to say it comes out on August fourth. And if I'm not mistaken, Mark's birthday is August third. So if nothing else, make sure you follow Mark Cole on Instagram. All the guys over there at M10 will hopefully be there um, later on this year or early next year. We've planned a seminar, but obviously COVID happened. But hope you guys enjoy the episode. Mark Cole's Level Up: The Fitness Professional's Roadmap to Achieving Excellence. I'm not going to give you like the usual nicety of allowing you to like, oh, tell me a little bit about yourself because I just assume that everyone knows who you are. Plus, you're going to do something really annoying and just be super humble and downplay everything you do. So I'm not going to, I'm going to record the intro after and I'm not going to let you do that. Well, it's, well, it's funny because like I was in, I've been in Bondi for the better part of three months and I just so happened to work at this coffee shop every morning. It's quite an annoying schedule for me being like most of my clients based out of North America. So I was up super early and there's this coffee shop that was open really early and there's like a British, you probably know him. He's like, a, he's a British fitness influencer named uh, uh, J- James, James, James Smith, James Smith. And we were both sitting in the coffee shop and I got to know him and we were uh, looking across the tables in, and there was someone, and this goes to show how prominent you are. There was someone with like one of your classes up on his laptop in the coffee shop. Where we're like, Hey, that's Mark Coles. So Mark Coles, <laughs> what's up, man? Welcome to the show. <laughs> do you know what and it was so funny because i'm actually mentoring that guy and he was saying to me this is no word of a lie jordan a week before he was saying to me um I, listen i've been working in this coffee shop in, in bondi and every day i see jordan and i see james smith no way. and yeah no no no. this is true man this is true and he said every day i see them and and i said mate when we were talking about perceptions in the industry and how like he sees you and james is better than him and I was like, no, 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 but this is a big thing in the fitness industry. People's um, self-worth is minimized because they look at these people that are on pedestals, they put them on pedestals, and this guy was like, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. I'm like, dude, you're, you're, you're developing your own path, and you're equally as good as everybody else. And therefore, the funny thing is, I think the next day, um, he was doing my course, and he ended up, he was so nervous about speaking to Jane Smith, but that video that he was watching to me was an intro to him and James Smith. He ended up having a half, half an hour conversation with him. How good. And, and it was just a great connection because he's always wanted to speak to James and how that video and him watching me ended up getting him to speak to him. And he came back and he was going, I thought he would never want to speak to me. I said, dude, 
the thing in this world is if you don't speak, you never get the opportunity to see what somebody else is like. So your life's living on perceptions, which is making you feel useless because when you meet the people that you respect, nine times out of 10, they are equally the type of person that you think they are, but you've put them so high that you think they're never going to want to talk to you, which was amazing. Amazing. What do you think? What do you think the biggest obstacle is for trainers when it comes to that? Like, what, what is the biggest piece of advice you find yourself giving, like coaches and trainers that you mentor and work with? You know, the biggest problem that I, I find for so many coaches is they've they've exaggerated the world and minimized themselves. So they've looked at everybody else and gone, they are so much better than me, and they've created a story for themselves that they are worthless and not as good as everybody else so the biggest challenge that i spend is the, the biggest part of the journey for me which is why personal growth and development plays such a big part in my mentoring process is getting them to and this will sound a little bit deep for trainers that aren't necessarily into personal development but i want them to just love themselves be grateful for the journey that they're on be proud of themselves and realize that everybody else is on their own journey that's unique to them they are they are so riddled in looking at everybody else and comparing. Comparison in our industry, Jordan, is the thing that damages most trainers. You know? It's a double-edged sword, right? Because like at the top, I mean, I know how I got into it. And I might release this as our first video Zoom podcast just so everyone can take a look at you so they know. Because like I don't do much on the business end. But what I do, everyone I talk to on the business end seems to have like 20-inch charms. And I, when people hear you talk this way, and it's funny because, you know, we have a mutual friend in Ben Pakulski, and I didn't start to take this stuff seriously until the guy telling it to me was, you know, top five at the Arnold's and like competed at the Olympia because I thought it was like namaste, crunchy granola stuff. It's a weird in an industry that's so centered at like the precipice, right? It's very, it's egocentric by design of the sport of bodybuilding right comparison is like literally six guys line up you go to the center you get off your second call out so you can kind of see how that permeates down into the industry now how much i guess like because you've been like you've been around like you've been around before all this and that's something that i think that i, I want to talk about is like the evolution of the industry in in your time in it because like i've seen it evolve in like the five or six years that i've kind of really been uh like nose deep in it but I can only imagine like the emergence of social media and you watching it from the inside. Um, I guess what's been the biggest, it, would you say that social media is a net benefit or a net negative to trainers and, and the, the industry itself? I, I'm going to say first and foremost, it's, it's incredible. The social media world is incredible. What I think is that it's been thrust upon us so quickly the large percentage of fitness professionals haven't yet learned how to manage their own personal emotions around the social media world. And what I mean by that is everybody's growing quickly. You know, I'm reading a book at the moment about um, how to make, you know, there's somebody out there that I'm reading a book about at the moment who's making a lot of money growing a social media following and selling individual products out of interest to see kind of like what are other people doing in, in the social media world? How are people scaling and growing so quickly in this social media world, which is something that personal trainers were never privy to before. It was, as far as my, I was concerned, my dad said to me, get mud on your boots, son. And his mud on his boots was my, my, my uncle was a farmer. My dad's a property man, property investor. When I first started working for my dad, before I got in the property industry thinking, 
the, the route for me was to, to follow the property industry and follow my father. My dad said, as much as you're going to work in the office, you're going to start working in the flats, reading the meters and collecting debts. And I'm like, you're in the car, you've got a report of debts, you're going to meet the tenants, you're going to get to know them, you're going to spend time at the properties, and you're going to live in one of the apartments at the actual block. And I went, oh my God. And the first night I was there with the flat next door was burnt down. And I'm like, okay, this, this is where you learn, at, at, the, at the base, right? I had a, I had a TV, it sounds like I was in a, like a, a squat, but I wasn't. There was nothing in the apartment, and you know, my dad hadn't helped out by furnishing the apartment. We went to a flat that had literally just been uh, cleared out. I, took a, I had a box with a TV on it, I had four cans of Stella Artois Lager, um, and I was just watching a game show. That, for me, was right at the bottom of being in the property industry. It wasn't your dad's the, the boss of the company, here's a company car, sit in the office, take a check, and just deal with uh, the nice bits. So the reason I say this to you is that in the fitness industry, I think what's kind of happened is back when I first started, the only way you could get better was by getting on a plane somewhere that cost you quite a lot of money and going on an event such as Charles Poliquin's Practical Coaching Weekends. And you had to get in at the deep end. You were watched very quickly how you trained, how you engaged with people. And Charles actually never would really speak to you unless you were jacked. Like, seriously, Christian Thibodeau was sat at the front of one of the seminars that I went to, and all Charles wanted to do was talk to him and the other guy that had got like 28 jobs. And I'm there, and I said to Ben this story the other day, it's so funny, we were at a seminar in, in, in Spain, in Santander, which was one of Charles's first biosignature presentations. And I was doing functional training, Jordan. <laughs> All I, you know, training, I, my functional training, I mean, loaded, you know, right back then, like 18 years ago, I was into learning more about movement and functional training, thinking that if I become a functional trainer, it's a point of differentiation in the industry. So I'm in this gym in the corner doing some functional like warm-ups, moving, right? And Christian Thibodeau go, clean, <laughs> and he just slams this weight up. And I went, oh, shit. Um, I, I thought, maybe this lifting thing is probably kind of what most people do who get noticed in this industry, kind of like they make something of themselves. And then I went back in, and Christian's like, like this, and Charles is like, right. And I looked at this, and I thought, okay, there, there's something that's inspiring to me. These people have made something of themselves, made something of their physiques. They're very strong in their mind. They're very knowledgeable. And this has not taken five minutes, right? And the reason I tell you this, going back to kind of your question is, before social media, you had to get on the gym floor, coach people for a long period of time, learn your craft and be bloody patient. Now, you can develop a social media following very, very quickly, develop a degree of influence, and the world is influenced very, very quickly. And I'm not saying about physiques and size and stature, but I'm saying that it's, you, you can accelerate something very, very quickly and push yourself uh, into a realm where I believe that, if I may say this in the right way, not necessarily having done your time in the trenches yet, but able to call yourself an expert. Yeah, it does seem like uh, there's just polar bookends, right? Like on one on one end, you have a, you know a client that you're trying to like, you know, he's like a groundhog on Groundhog's Day. You're just trying to get him to come out, like, do go talk to James, who's like James. He's the most approachable person in the world. I can understand not coming up and talking to me. Like I usually look like with this big fuck off look on my face. But like on one end, you have, and it's usually the guys who should 
be a little bit more forward and open because they have, you know, they paid their dues, they have mud on the boots. And then on the other end, it's you have a whole group, and, and I'm seeing this more and more so now, now that the, you know, with COVID and the lockdown, is people skipping the queue, right? It seems like some people are trying to jump the gun and like a social media profile or platform or following is now, is, is now like replacing, you know, seminars and diplomas and years of experience and it's it's just a hard it's a hard thing to grasp because you know on the surface level we're all seeing the same thing we're just seeing portrayals of, uh, on social media how do you like how do you begin to advise someone around navigating social media from a business perspective when it comes to you know it, it is such a in from in my you know small understanding around business in, in like the fitness industry it's it's just one branch of it Right, which is what I love about your book going through it. Like you talk about finance, you talk about personal development, you talk about professional development and you know, recognizing that social media is a part of it. Like how do you go to begin to advise someone about you know creating a brand or something and using social media as a tool? Well, the first thing is, and exactly as you said, that the whole thing about building a business is multifaceted. Like at the end of the day, social media is a vehicle to present your brand to the marketplace just as what you and I are doing right now with a podcast, just like we're doing with a YouTube channel. There are multiple channels in which you can uh, present your brand. But here's the thing, as a personal trainer in a local town, you can get so tied up with social media that you don't actually realize that the best thing for you is local businesses and getting out and speaking to local businesses. And I used to run small seminars in the local town, small seminars in the gym before everybody in that gym saw me as the authority. And so in terms of kind of navigating the social media world and kind of what's necessary, the first thing I'll do with anybody is, what is your brand? Who are you? What, what impression do you want to make on people? And what do you want people to say about you? Because navigating the world on social media, the biggest thing people do is they watch somebody and copy their brand. They say, that's what that person's doing. That's what I need to do. The way to make your brand unique to you is to understand what makes you unique. And I think that because a lot of coaches don't yet know themselves and don't yet know what they want to achieve, the unfulfillment comes from copying and trying to be somebody else. So for example, we see a lot of entertainment on social media. And I personally, there are certain things that I'll do that which you catch me off guard, whether it's stories or things that we do. And I see with you, you have a good crack, but you're not trying to be stupid 24-7. And I think because you are just you, people gravitate to you just being you. And I think that that thing on social media is when you know who you are, you present the authentic you. And then who is your target audience? That's the other thing, because you, a lot of people try and be everything to everybody and don't actually end up finding who it is that they want to speak to. And then having a clear product that you actually are delivering to your target audience. Online training is a product. The solution is the thing that people are helping people to solve, and they don't know what the solution they're helping people to solve. Fat loss isn't a solution. It's not an emotional, you know, if you're helping a woman who's lost her self-confidence and she has children and she wants to get her body back on track. That's the solution. She's not after just fat loss. She's looking to feel happier, manage her life better and um, improve her self-confidence as she does it. So your social media has to be reflective of that. And that's why for me, the first stage of understanding social media is what is the brand? What is the product? And then what is the message and how do you convey that? And that's what trainers really struggle with because they're so mixed up in not knowing who they are, 
they've got low self-confidence and they're trying to almost be this person before they've been themselves. What was the biggest hurdle like that you find when you're giving advice to someone on business? Cause I think the, one of the things that is worth <clears throat> noting about the space, the multiple spaces that you operate in is that you're operating as an educator and an operator in these businesses where in these facets, which I think is really rare, right? Cause like as frustrating as it is for me to kind of sit on like a sports performance rehab education, kind of weird, like outer valence that I've kind of made for myself. I look at what you do and I, I see people that operate in your industry purely as, 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 as people who tend to educate without actually like you have to teach about principles that you use in your gym with your guys and your trainers, then they have clients and you see them face to face where most people in the business space, business space, I'm going to air quote business space. Like as much as I don't like going into like the rehab space on social media, it's like, all right, at least that guy's got like a diploma and he went to this school. He might be a physical therapist that I don't agree with. And I think he's maybe a Muppet. But for you, it's like you're at, you're in a whole wild west, and like the integ- like the outward projection of like integrity around fitness business is so poor. How do you how do you dispel myths? What are the major myths that you look to dispel? What are the major pitfalls you you would advise someone uh, like? And because I've received like business mentoring, like you know through through Ben and and yeah, reputable sources. And it's like, how do you go and give advice to someone who's seeking business mentorship in the fitness industry, and, but not looking to get hoodwinked by some guy that's going to take off to Bali with all their fucking money? Well, what, and I can, if I may just for a second throw, throw it back to you, you see all this business stuff on social media. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for the work that you do, an incredible amount of respect for the work that you do, but you see it every day. What do you, because I, I will agree with you, the, the kind of business mentoring space is, is it, it, it's developing a reputation as, oh my God, here we go, here we go. You know, this guy's just trying to make a buck, trying to sell this, like get rich quick program. What's your perception of it? Yeah, I think, I mean, with me, when I've sought it out personally, because especially going through your book, like, you know, I, I know my blind spots now in having good mentors in the business space. And a lot of it's to do with finance. Early on, I think it was a lot of it was around personal development. And I think the blind spots or the, the pitfalls around or the bad perceptions around the business is that it's all about the bottom line, right? Like it, I had such a weird thing happen to me. Uh, I'm, I met my girlfriend last year. This is a bit of a, a side story, but I lost two wallets in 24 hours. I was flying from the Bahamas to go visit my girlfriend in, in Sydney. And I, was, I met her in between when I booked my flight. So I actually went from the Bahamas to Houston to LA to Melbourne and then back to Sydney. And in the span of 24 hours, I lost two wallets. So I arrived in Sydney, no credit cards, no nothing, no cash. Or I arrived in Melbourne, rather. My buddy gives me a wallet with $200 cash. He goes, there you go. Within 20 minutes, I went to Kohl's, the grocery store, gone again. And it was just like, and that to me was like, I'm not super metaphysical, but like since, since working with Ben, it was like, all right, I got a little bit more about like the personal development side. It's like, I need to stop chasing money. And I think that's the biggest thing with that I see is that it's all driven, like all like the success stories are all about, oh, my coach does 100K in six months and we did a launch and all this. And it's just like, yeah, but like it, for me, in my experience, the disconnect is in the personal development side. Like once I realized like, oh, stop chasing money, it was like, oh, okay. And now it's, I mean, not that we're doing great, but like we're doing way better than we were before. Um, and I, so I think that's the biggest thing that's missing it, it, from my outward perspective is, is that. But did, did you know your point here and, and um, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Jordan Peters, 
Um, great guy, great friend of mine. Um, he came on my podcast and we were talking about building brands. Uh, Jordan will be the first to tell you that money is not a motivator for him. Impact and training and inspiring people is. But he has an incredible business and I'm sure a, a nice pot of revenue. Uh, um, and uh, from that, the conversation that we have is, is here's the most important thing. Your values drive, uh, are your key driver. So the things that you value the highest at any one time in your life are the things that are most inspiring to you. And if you stay aligned with the things that you're truly the most inspired by, wealth will come. So what you're seeing on social media is the business coaches that stop coaching and drive wealth, they have become number one priority wealth focused. So what they're doing is they're creating programs online purposefully to people that are actually wanting to make wealth their number one priority. And these are the coaches that are watching online, I want to earn 10 grand, 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month, 30 grand a month. So these educate the, the business coaches are putting out programs to scale your revenue as fast as possible. My advice to any coach is think for a second. If wealth building was your number one priority, everything around you would revolve around wanting to make money. But everything around you, like you, Jordan, revolves around teaching, training, and learning. But as a byproduct of that, if you stay aligned with everything that you love every single day, you're making more money than you ever thought you would. And I think, well, the reason, going back to, to the point that you were making, is that the problem in the fitness industry is trainers are looking at the people that are making lots of money and not stopping for a second and thinking, what is going to make me happy? following the thing that I'm truly the most inspired to do and love. So for the majority of my career, if I was building muscle, training my clients and learning how to get better, as a byproduct, I made more money. So my point is, I, when I coach a, a trainer, 99% of the trainers that I'll work with, and actually when you look at trainers in the industry, they're inspired to train, increase their income over time, get results and build their reputation. Not stop right now create a product, an Instagram page, and drive sales as fast as they can to make a load of money. Because it, without impact and without helping coach your clients, a trainer is unfulfilled. So what we've got to understand in the, in the business space is if your number one mission is to make as much money as fast as you can, you're probably not going to do that out of doing the thing that you love every single day, which is training a particular type of person and even spending time in the gym coaching people. So to me, I just think that the two types of people, the type of coach that wants to make a lot of money very quickly and the type of coach that wants to make an impact with their knowledge, skill, and as a result of that, build a successful long-term business. And when we watch social media, we are seeing a lot of people selling the financial goal, but not a lot of personal trainers realizing that right now that's not the number one priority for them. So it's understanding that the value right now for a lot of coaches is not to be tied in to these coaches that are trying to sell the millions and millions of pound programs and understand what's important for them right now. Because there will always be, Jordan, the people online that are selling 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand a month courses. But when you get on them, I always say to people that come online, I'm not going to teach you the launch formula the how to make six figures, how to make a million bucks. Because if you're doing the thing that you truly love and you're inspired by, money will come as a byproduct. You know, yeah, it's, and something, I, it's something that you hear more and more for like, you know, the, 
the success leaves clues, right? And everyone that I talked to, I, I had a chat with Dave Tate, who owns Elite FTS, and he actually walks around with like a moleskin notebook and, and he, he rips through them like crazy, like hundreds of thousands of pages on his office of these books filled out. And at the beginning of every one of his books, he actually writes his 10 values. He writes like his 10 values. And when he has to make a decision, he flips to the front page and he looks at these 10 values that he has outlined, you know, integrity, trust, respect, you know, um, authenticity, all these things that, that he holds true. And if he's making a decision, he reverts back to those 10 values. True. And it's something that the, the more you start to run and, you know, get the opportunity to talk you know, with people like yourself on the business end, that's what it always comes back to is the values. And what it actually comes down to is what journey are you on? So when I, here's the thing, just because let's say, for example, I'm 19 years deep into my career right now, if income is my number one priority right now, if I look at my target audience as personal trainers, Jordan, go back, go back as far as you can think when literally nothing mattered apart from being under the bar. I know you love it now, but I know you love teaching now, but when you love just nothing more than just being in the gym and eating and that's it, how far back are we going? 17. Right. Did you think about wealth building? <laughs> no, I was living in my parents' house. Exactly. Right. Now, now, now for the thing is here, right. When I started bodybuilding, um, I, I remember when I would, I'd been doing it a few years and I remember going to a gym called ultimate fitness in Birmingham. And, um, Jordan was, Jordan was working there and doing his PT. Like, I don't really think anybody kind of knew about him. The forums knew about him. He had a bit of his Instagram, his Facebook page. He wasn't even on Instagram. And I went up to him and I made, I've, I've kind of seen a bit of your stuff on Facebook. Do you mind if I hire you for a consult? And Jordan wrote me a program and he started to kind of do kind of DC stuff for me. And, 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 and like, I was probably burnt out within two weeks of just trying to kill myself, lift as heavy as I possibly could. And all I did every day was eat, sleep on the, what we called the bear chair at M10. We have like a chair which you just sleep on. And there was Josh Maley, who's Mr. Universe. Uh, Josh was working in my place and Josh would go to sleep. I would go to sleep, would wake up. I'm running a gym, Jordan. I wasn't even trying to look at the finances of the gym, eat, sleep, train, and then I just looked forward to going home so I could eat again and sleep. And not one part of me was focused on making six figures, seven figures. Even though I had a gym, I just wanted a reputation. I want to get great results, and I want people to know about my gym. So I wanted enough money coming in that was secure and stable, but I wasn't thinking of wealth right there and then. So I say to trainers right now, what's important to your life right now? Of course, let's be aware of wealth. Let's be aware of money because I didn't realize, and I've talked about this in the book, that I put a link together and I went, if I'm charging 35 an hour and I'm a new personal trainer, if I can go to 40, that increases my revenue annually by 7K. If I want to go on two courses a year, that's going to mean traveling to the US, that's 4K. If I increase my fees by becoming more knowledgeable and getting better results, I'm going to be able to travel more and study more. So whilst I wasn't 100% focused on wealth creation, buying houses and watches and blinging it up, I knew the value of wealth. And so with you, even though you were training 17, 18, 19, 20, as you then started to develop your craft and develop your knowledge and then started to get paid for it, you realized that by getting paid for it, you could then study more and travel more. And then we have this link between wealth building. Now, if you then move money higher and higher and higher, the things you love, like being under the bar and eating and training, start to become less of a priority. So what we realize with trainers is the higher you make wealth building, 
the less of a priority your training will become. So right now, if training, training your clients, and studying to become a better trainer is the highest, then the rate of income generation is going to be lower for the next 6 to 12 months because it's not a number one priority for you. Now, on the flip side, when you watch these entrepreneurial trainers that are maybe, let's say, social media influencers, they're actually realizing that from YouTube, they're making 20, 30 grand a month. They become well-focused very quickly. So when trainers watch them, they don't realize that they're waking up in the morning to make YouTube videos to make more money. Whereas on the flip side, another trainer is waking up every day to train a client because they're fulfilled by the coaching that they do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I guess it, my next question off of that is like, how do you deal with like kind of a yin and yang of like balance? Because like, I mean, I've been, I remember the strongest I was and like, not that it's terribly strong. I, I remember like, I remember going to the grocery store after my meet and like trying to put some of my weight back on and my, my bank account was overdrawn. I was like, oh, I have less than my, I just totaled like 1901 at 110, but I have no money. Like, this is a real issue. Like, I don't think I could even touch what I touched in the warm up room that day. But like, I, I look back at that and like, you know, I always get, and probably I could imagine how often you get asked the question, but if you could go back and give your former self some advice, what would it be? It's like, well, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. I probably wouldn't tell them to do anything. Like, all, all the times I tripped and fell, it was like probably for the best. How do you deal with people who come at this from like a balanced approach where it's like, look, it's got to be one or the other. Like people who look for balance, is that something you, you have clients strive for? Like I've seen a ba- great benefit from like going too far one direction, running into a wall and then like just sort of like circumambulating to a centered point now. But like people from the, the onset of trying to create a business and balance, do those two things coexist? Can you create a successful business and be balanced in relationships, training, you know, upskilling, education, social life, or do, do you advise people to go, to go all in? I, if, if I'm absolutely honest, and I will actually look at this, there are parts of our life that we're excelling in. Um, let, let's, let's look at this physically. Like if you were totally in that lift amount that you could lift then, and you were dedicating your efforts to lift that incredible amount of weight, but 50% of your day, you were focused on creating wealth. Would you have totaled that amount of money, that, that weight in the gym? No way. No way, man. Like, I remember getting to a – my heaviest was 120. Um, and uh, I don't know how I, I – Jordan was pushing the food in me at the time, mate. I, I don't know how I did it. But, but you know what it's like? Like, I think it was 750, 800 grams of carbs a day. And, and there's no way I could do that if wealth creation was my number one. I was asleep more than I was awake. I remember being with Ben. He was dieting down to the Arnold's. We were like a week out. And you know, I mean, that guy, you've trained with him. He, has the, he, can, he is, to me, one of the most impressive athletes I've ever known because he has an incredible work capacity and training intensity all in one. Yeah. This, guy would, this guy would, you know, Ben would, would hack squat what I would do on my kind of off-season close to a show but still rep it out and want to do a drop set on it. And I'm like, how? And I'll never forget watching, like when we were in, in leading up to that prep, I was trying to get up in the morning with so much feeling so terrible because of the amount of carbs. You get in the gym, bench like bang. But that time in my life, if I didn't go all in with bodybuilding and trying to build myself to the best I could physically be, my social influence on social media was growing because trainers were thinking, Jesus, this guy just won't stop. He's trying to build his physique. It grew my social media following. 
It grew my knowledge. It grew my influence in the industry by meeting people. As a byproduct, it was increasing my reputation. Therefore, more clients wanted to work with me. And the byproduct was that I was increasing my fees one by one by one. So there's five or six things there that were being impacted all at once. Now, if, for example, at that time, I was increasing my income and with a lot of coaches, I don't actually think, and this happens in bodybuilding, is yes, you can manage the growth and development of aspects of your life, but the things that you value the highest will always get the biggest priority. So in order for you to become more financially secure, building your reputation, increasing your lifts and studying were probably the highest for you at that time. But as a byproduct, that reputation you developed off that Jordan has now served you financially. So at the time, I think that we've got to go all in on something at the peak. But a lot of the time, and this is what I speak to a lot of fitness and bodybuilding uh, guys and girls, is as you're building your reputation, have an awareness of the other areas of your life. Because let's say, for example, you are building your physique, your reputation is growing online. And I just say this one thing to coaches. Are you getting paid fairly? for the work you're putting in the gym. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you've got 35,000 followers. You're jacked. You're training really hard every single day, but you've got three online clients. So you can just about scrape by with the 250 quid sponsorship you're getting from your supplement company, if that. And you are not getting paid fairly for the work that you're putting in, the influence you're having on the world. And they're like, oh, wow. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, maybe. So what do I do? And so so what, what I try and do with my content is make people realize that there are multiple areas of your life that you should be empowering at any one point in time. You deserve to be earning money for the work you're putting in. You deserve to be making money for the education that you're putting into the world. You deserve to make money for the commitment and time that you're putting into helping other people change their lives. But in the fitness industry, to sum this point up, so many people don't feel they deserve to get paid because they have a poor relationship with money and therefore build their body, build their reputation. And you would not believe how many fitness professionals I work with who have a huge following and are not making more than two bucks, 2000 a month. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird, like uh, it's a weird equity, right? Like the difference between like revenue and social capital seems to be like very dissident and like i was always and i think as most people are like because it it almost seems like a personal stock market where it's like i can look online and it's like basically what you're following is it's like oh what's so-and-so trading at today yeah. right and it's like i assumed a million followers meant a million dollars and i got to know some of these guys and girls and i was like what are you are you serious like how yeah. is it that you're not and like i don't begin to know the, the first thing about it like i've just been lucky to have really smart friends but like i i think most people falsely equate a following to revenue yeah no and, and you know what here's the thing the um this whole thing that we were talking about in a second is as we're going through our lives we are if we want a better life we empower as many different areas of our lives as we possibly can so from your training, from your business, and then there is one area which so many fitness professionals overlook is that, and I don't think people think far enough ahead, Jordan, is that what they're doing right now, the attention that they're getting from the social media, they, they don't see that there is a 
a return for what they're doing. And as such, you know, having 500,000 followers, you would, assure, you would equate to a certain amount of money. Having a YouTube channel would equate to a certain amount of money. And it's so far from the truth. Going back to what we spoke at the beginning of the podcast, people are seeing things and developing a perception of what things look like I actually saw a girl who was an influencer yesterday and they come up on your explore page and I'm always intrigued. So I, I literally looked at maybe 20 posts and it was like glam, Gucci, Chanel, the whole lot. And then I kept going down the page to a little bit further down and there was a photo of her in a garden with a boyfriend. And when I looked at the garden and I'm not judging people, right? But her social media for half of what I saw showed me that it was literally dripping in bling. And the house they were sitting in was kind of like my student house when I was, when I was at university. And she was like, you know, home sweet home. Now their value on having a house, but I, I see this whole reality is a lot of these influencers living in very tiny studio apartments with not a lot of money, but presenting a false world. And that is what's becoming very disconnect for a lot of people is that they actually don't have the thing that they're presenting. So like you were saying, half a million followers doesn't equate to half a million pounds. A million followers doesn't equate to a million pounds. And then I think it, this comes back to the fact that if in any, in any sphere of life, if you're developing your physique, make sure you're getting paid an amount for what you're doing. If you're developing your knowledge, make sure you're impacting people with it. And if you're impacting people, make sure you get the results because everything that you do should be having an incremental impact in your life as you go through your life. And that's why I, I find so many coaches, Jordan, who are undercharging for themselves. Um, they are not actually in any way, shape or form valuing themselves enough to charge reflective for the services that they do because they are so focused on just their education, so lacking an awareness of, of where they want to get to. And I spend so much time helping fitness professionals say, you're here right now, where do you want to get to? I know with you, you've got a vision and a plan for Prescript. You know where you want to go. And also with your lifts in the gym, you know where you want to get to, right? But there's a lot of people in the fitness industry who are more infatuated with what people are saying about them and their following than they do have a vision of where they want to get to, which is why ultimately people aren't receiving anything for what work they put in. They're not getting anything back for the, for the work that they put in. But right now for you, all the lifts that you did, all the food that you ate, all the travel that you did, there's no, the, there's no coincidence you've met some of the smartest people in the world because you've dedicated yourself to being the best that you could possibly be. And I think in this industry, the better you try and make of yourself, the law of kind of attraction takes you closer to the people that are going to teach you to be even better. So I see you at Westside Barber with Dave Tate. You know, I see you doing podcasts with some of the smartest people around the world. I see you, you know, there's no, there's, there's no coincidence that you were teaching at one of the best universities in the world. Right. But because your life has been a purposeful, and I talk about this in the book, a purposeful mission of progress. Right. And if, if it's constantly about making progress, then we go back to what we said earlier, you're actually receiving what you deserve financially as well. And I think there's a lot of fitness professionals that, you know, they get stagnant. They don't see where they want to get to. And as such, they're not gravitating or bringing towards them the things that are going to help them to get to the next level. And, and I think that by, you know, um, the, the kind of way that the fitness industry 
is going now, everybody has so much more access to so many more people now that the number one thing that people are lacking is working towards a vision, working towards something that's truly meaningful. And, and, and that for me with the book, the whole reason why I've created it as a roadmap is to give people these kind of insight as to what they can necessarily do to take those incremental steps forward. What was the aha moment for you? Like for me, like I remember very clearly living out of the back of my Toyota 4Runner and sleeping on my office floor when the last power lifter left going like, okay, we got to whiteboard this. We basically like, you know, you, you use the phrase roadmap in the book. It's like, I need to create a roadmap because like I went for, to school for too long and I've done this for too long to be sleeping in my car. And then okay, and then the clarity of vision and then the flexibility of the process followed. And it was like, okay, this is what was your aha moment in, you know, in going the in developing your own gym and then you know moving into the online space and, and writing a book, no less. Like I, I mean, we haven't even talked too much about the process of writing a book as someone who's been writing one for like four years. It's just like doing my head in and the fact that you just send me like a like a finished product, like I'm so jealous. But what was your like aha moment of like, okay, this is the vision. This is where I, this is where I want to go. Cause I think like a lot of people, because there's so much shrouded in like, you know, the rented Maserati and like the big, the, you know, the rented watch and all, all of like the optics and the bling on social media, they don't see it attainable because those people, there's no aha moment. Like there's no vision. Their vision is to like fake it till they become it. What was yours where you're like, okay, this is what I want to do. These are the action steps I needed to take. And then this is like the roadmap that you set out for yourself. Do you know what? Um, this will, I've actually, so funny. My, my next post that I've got out that I've done this morning um, is uh, use your past as fuel for your future. And um, essentially for me, growing up through school, I wasn't particularly intelligent. Um, I wasn't uh, the, the most, kind of didn't have the most amount of friends at school. And certainly, uh, you know, it wasn't very big, right? And um, when I started to train and, and, and lift weights, I realized that made me feel good in myself. And then I decided to do a personal training qualification. I was at the gym training clients. And the, it, it was such a pivotal moment for me. I was training my clients. And my clients, one, one client came into the, to, to the room one day and they went, Do you know what? You've changed my life. And you know what it's like, Jordan, and every coach listening to this will know what it's like when one person tells you that you are incredible. And I had this moment where I said, I want more of that. I had for the first time in my life, somebody say that you've just changed my life. I think I helped them lose a stone. And it was just weight loss. And I'd still got my personal trainer badge on and I was really fresh, wet behind the ears as a PT. But, but that for me was an aha moment because I said, I want more of that. I want a lot more of that. But here's the thing. And I said to myself, how do I get a lot more of that? And then I just said to myself, I want everybody in this gym to know who I am. And I want everybody in this town to know who I am. And I sat down and I wrote a list of how I was actually going to make that happen. I, I will honestly tell you to this day, I've written about it in the book. I don't know how that happened. But I know that that woman saying to me that she, I'd changed her life was a pivotal moment because all my life, I'd wanted people to kind of acknowledge me and just have more friends. And I wasn't very big. I was bullied pretty much when I was younger. And then I said, okay, what's the measure? And this is a very important thing for people listening today is 
what is the measure that's going to get me from A to B? So you totaled that lift, right? What was that lift you talked about when you just literally dedicated your life yeah, to it? Yeah, 1901. Okay, so there, there is, within strength training, a purposeful route that you had to take to get to that lift. And if you, if you missed your training lifts, if you missed, missed all your accessory lifts, if you missed everything, that 901 was not going to happen. And I don't know where I learned it. I, I know growing up, my father used to, literally every single day, he would be up on the way to London to work before I'd even be up. He'd normally ring when he gets to London and we'd just be getting out of bed. And I said, okay, well, here's the thing. Clearly, you need to do something every single day, which is he's done. And I want to become the best known trainer in this town. But I gave myself measures, Jordan, of what that would look like. So first thing for me is I said, I want to charge more than any trainer in this gym. I want to, there was a board and it had, um, you know, from fitness gyms, right? Health clubs. You have your board with your photo, right? And mine was like personal trainer, Mark Holes. And my specialist was core training, weight management, and, 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 um, uh, and, and uh, whatever it was, right? And I, I put these down. I was doing check at the time, right? I did all this check stuff. And I was scientific core conditioning, scientific back conditioning with, with, with check. And we were all the same color, our boards. But if you put your prices up, and the only way you could put your prices up if you did the check foundation, level one or level two. So I just went away and did those straight away. And my color of my chart on the wall went from blue to purple. It made me, oh yes, and my badge went from blue to purple, bright purple. And I suddenly noticed at that time that the word differentiation was important to me. So I said, progress had to be measured and I had to have specific measures of what that meant. And I wanted to make sure that I was different to everybody else at any given time. Once I decided how I was going to do that, I then wrote down what the bare minimum level of results that I would achieve in that gym that would separate me from anybody else. And so I wrote down a list of kind of non-negotiables. I had to be charging higher than anybody else, had to have a different color badge and different color wall chart, and I had to have better results than anybody else, but the level of results were this. And that's how my life then became, because once I actually had a marker of, I was featured in the local farming magazine, which was the only magazine in the town. That was a tick box. I started to speak a seminar in the gym, tick box. Once I'd done like my list, I went, okay, that's done. So then I said, well, now, I'm, now I don't feel like I have anything. I had to create another one. So then I said, well, let's open a studio. And I think what this leads back to with coaches is you first and foremost need to, most people don't spend any time sitting down and thinking, where do I want to get to? They never think, where do I want to get to? They think I want the Rolex, the 20K a month. But if you're only earning a grand a month, the first goal's surely got to be 2K. If you're only 80 kilos, the first goal's got to be 85. If you can only lift an 80 kg bench, the first goal's got to be 90. And it's about incremental steps that's purposeful to the journey that you want to take. No other fucker. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. For me, it was about my incremental journey. And I realized that whilst I looked at other people that I respected and admired, I knew I didn't want to be them but I want it to be my version. So the incremental steps and creating a purposeful vision, which you've done every step of your way. I'm certain you've done that. You've well, just created. The, the one thing that you highlighted that I, again, like success leaves clues, like, you know, Dave with the values, when you keep circling back to the same thing that I was told that I was doing it, but didn't know I was doing it. So Joe DeFranco, you know, early stage, big, big in the fitness, right? One of the first like on forums and blogs and articles and all that. 
I had him on the podcast and he was, he was saying, cause I think his ability uh, and I'm even struggling with this now, like evolving with the times, like, what do I do with TikTok? Why the fuck am I going to dance for the Chinese government? Like, I can't keep up with this. You kids and your technology. But like, he was like, look, man, be famous in your hometown. Be famous in your hometown. Step number one. And like, he's from like a blue collar town in Jersey. And it's like, I know I'm from like a pretty blue collar town in Southwestern Ontario. And it's, for better or for worse, like whenever I go home, and if it's guaranteed, like, you know, I got to take another 20 minutes to go to the gym. Because when I go in the gym, it's like, I know everyone there. Like, I had a guy come up to me and goes, hey, man, like 10 years ago, you taught me how to deadlift. Like 10 years ago, I didn't know how to deadlift. <laughs> so like, are you okay? Are you? So, so what did I, I teach you? <laughs> like, you good? You good? He's like, no, it was all sweet. I was like, all right, good luck out there. But I think, and that's the hard part. I hate to double back to it, but it's so like unbelievably inundated with our industry. It's like, I feel like people want to skip the queue right they want to skip the queue and it's like i I think that's really where you start to build your value is in like proving your stripes they use the term wet behind the ears and it's like most people that i see like and and again like you know i've been following more the business space lately because that's kind of like why blind spot and it's like yeah and it's i'm a business owner all of a sudden so i'm trying to pay more attention to it like are you an entrepreneur jordan Oh God! No, 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 I'm not. No, I'm just, I'm just a different level of unemployed now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put on my story. So good to be on the podcast with entrepreneur Jordan. <laughs> but your your, your post yesterday, your yeah. post yesterday was so true because I will tell you this on this episode right now. Personal trainers are not entrepreneurs. No. Yeah, no. definitely. I personal training existed. Yes, but here's the thing: if you have a one-income business and you are a service professional as a personal trainer in a gym or starting to create posts on social media, you're not an entrepreneur. So stop trying to follow entrepreneurs that have got seven income streams and trying to make a million. Here's the thing. For a while in my career, I followed a lot of the you know, seven, eight-figure entrepreneurs that are doing X, Y, Z. You've just talked about stay in your lane, you know, uh, you know, row your own boat. The most important thing right now is there is a fitness professional in the industry right now who's going to help you get from A to B. Is that going to be the guy that's driving around in the Rolls Royce who's now making a, a double million, got 20 different penthouses that they that, that in part of their portfolio? They've lost so much touch with what it takes to be a personal trainer. You don't need to know them. Be inspired by their journey, but they've lost. I, I read uh, an, a, a great book that, that I read recently, um, which was John Berardi's Changemaker. Phenomenal book. And actually, I've got John on the podcast um, at the end of the month. uh, And thank you to Ben Pekulski for introducing us. Um, But I read John's book. And one of the bits at the end, he says that ultimately, you should choose a mentor by how in touch that mentor is with what you do. (laughs) And I was like, so freaking true. Do you know what, Jordan? I, I still own a gym. I still have my team that work for us. We're still coaching on the gym floor. We're still face-to-face on the gym floor coaching people. I haven't lost touch with the fitness industry. I haven't lost touch with coaches. I'm helping personal trainers to build a fulfilling career. I'm not helping them to build a seven-figure business. And if you're going to hire a mentor that's got a seven-figure business that hasn't actually or got any touch at all with what you do, are they going to take you to be the best coach in your town? Like you said, who's going to teach you to be the best in your town, then the best in your city, then the best in your country, and, and, and I heard this from a great mentor of mine, John Martini. He said, you know, if you want to earn a, um, have a local, um, a, a, a regional influence, make a local influence first. 
right? And people are trying to make a national and worldwide influence as everyone's trying to do at the moment without doing the first steps of local. Yeah, I think it's just it's just rare to hear people's backstories. I think like it's so easy just to you know look at the homepage on Instagram and click through and, and think that. And a part of it is I think that people think that they're entitled to it, right? Because they they don't see they don't see the 18, 19 years in the industry, or they don't see you know the trials and tribulations. They don't see sleeping on and just fuck even going through one of Jordan's training programs alone is enough. Like, look, you deserve you deserve at least a paycheck just for getting through one of those. But it's, it's, it's a tough thing to navigate. And, but like a few things you keep coming back to, like the idea of, of outcome over income seems to be like painted over all of this. And like you spoke about Jordan and trained by JP. And it's like, there's one person you're certain isn't driven by money. It's the fucking guy walking around with no shoes on, right? Like I'm pretty yeah. sure he's like, Jordan's going to wear the same, the same lifting t-shirt. And, but you know, he makes a huge, he, he makes a huge, uh, like he has a great outcome. He makes a yeah. huge impact. But, right? but, and, but, 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 but remember this, but right, remember this, that let's look at what like if you if you watch somebody who's inspired by money they are they're they are, it's not about how they dress or what they do their life is re- reflective of everything that they could possibly can do to increase their wealth now don't get me wrong i'm sure jordan is obviously looking at his finances looking at his money he's obviously got multiple income streams for the business and has become a more diligent professional in actually making that amount of wealth however to get him to that wealth was bodybuilding, education, and serving others. And when I actually ask, when I start my business coaching, mentoring programs, what is, in, what, what is most inspiring? And the funny thing is about what's inspiring is what is in your immediate circle right now. If it's books that are telling you that you're trying to learn how to make money, if it's entrepreneurial magazines, if it's a network of friends that are making seven figures, then it looks like you're heading to wait, make wealth. If it's a barbell, lifting shoes, and food, then my friend, stay doing what you fucking love. And then you'll become successful. I think there's a lot of fitness professionals trying to chase the seven-figure salary when in all fairness, their route to seven figures is doing what they do right now and doing it really, really well. And then that'll be your stepping stone towards your success. Yeah, I just think the idea of stepping stones gets lost, right? Like it's just the the A to Z and not understanding like the the twenty four step process in between. It's it's a difficult thing to like just garner perspective on, you know. And like just and one thing I really like that you you talked about is the fact that you're still on the gym floor. Like you, I think now more than ever you can lose touch in the industry so fast because like just how quickly how quickly information changes, how quickly information is relayed, how quickly opinions change. But like all of that is like kind of an outer valence, right? Like these, the interaction one-to-one, I think is something that's so valuable. Like being able to distill what you know to the lowest common denominator, which is like, you know, the soccer dad nine to five wants to lose a couple pounds so he can drink you know beer on the weekends watching like the soccer match or something like you know i feel like there's almost like a there's there's a there's like a petty dick slapping competition going on in like the intellectual space or like the monetary space or at the end of the day it's like what did we all get in this for right like to to, to have that 45 minutes or hour one-on-one right like all this all this infighting up above like doesn't really matter so being able to keep boots on the ground i think is something that like it just just it lends like a, a good perspective of why it is people got into this industry in the first place right like that first person you know you see someone down a stone 
and they see a new life and it's like, well, yeah, I want more of that, right? You're not going to get more of that by, you know, being in the Shangri-La with the roles in the valet service. You're going to get more of that by opening a studio and teaching more people how to be able to, you know, like I like the idea and you're living embodiment of like one of my long-term goals, which is meta impact. And I think that's something that you're, you're, you're doing currently is like, it's one thing to be able to do that with your first client and bring that, you know, that result to your first client. But now if you can bring results to trainers that can bring it to hundreds of clients throughout their career, you're sitting above that. Like you're creating a meta impact, which I think is something really rare in the industry. So can I tell you this? This is really interesting. Uh, I have a personal development coach of my own and I have done, uh, I've, you know, I've had various ones over the years. I've got one who I work with now every couple of months, not because I have personal limitations because I live a life of excellence and I'm always trying to look at my blind spots. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get other people to help me see what I can't see. And that's navigating your personal journey because we can get lost and we can start off telling each other little bullshit stories about certain things and getting worried about this and that. And then my, my one just basically is like my bullshit radar. And it just gets me back in line and goes, shut the fuck up and carry on. So um, here, here's the thing. One of the things that it, from me as a fitness professional was I don't coach actively on the gym floor, right? I have my gym. I have my team. I spend time every Tuesday going to Nottingham when we're out of the pandemic in my gym, watching the gym floor having meetings with the team, listening to the team, and learning what's happening at grass, right on the ground. And I see it on the ground. And obviously, I'm still training in the gym every day myself. Um, of course, taking my rest days. Um, but here's the thing. I spoke to my personal development coach about six months ago. I said, um, I got a bit of a wobble. Um, I'm not coaching on the gym floor. And is that kind of an issue for me in the industry? Like I want to kind of, you know, actively just now I've helping a guy through his own transformation and I want to stay actively working with at least one person to support them coaching at any given time. But um, she said, here's the thing, you got to learn this. You're scaling your influence. And it was a, it was a, it was a feeling that I've had for the last couple of years was kind of like teaching trainers whilst not actually actively being on the gym floor. But at the same time, after doing 15, 16 years of actively coaching, you know, seven, eight sessions a day and doing it for the whole of my career, I'm still doing it. But here's the thing. We were talking and she said, the impact that we can have from our careers like you're doing with what you're doing, Jordan, is it's scaling your influence. So if I go and train, teach five trainers in a seminar who each have 30 clients, that's 150 sessions a week. And if they do 150 sessions across a week, multiply that by 52, you're not just doing your own 20 sessions a week. You're now doing 150. Now, if you do your prescripts and you're teaching uh, 200 coaches through a semester or whatever it may be, you multiply that by the people that they're seeing. That's worldwide impact. And then I start to go, hey. And then I said to Dan, do you realize that when we speak to 100, like 200 coaches, 80 coaches, whatever it may be, we multiply that by the amount of clients but then we multiply that by not only their clients, but their children and family that impacted down the line. You then realize that the whole of my career has been setting myself up to be able to make worldwide impact. And the whole of your career, lifting under the bar, training, becoming a chiropractor, everything that you've done is now getting you to the position where you're taking that learnings and making a worldwide impact. And, and that makes me think that every personal trainer through the journey that they're creating right now has the same opportunity to create worldwide impact. And that's freaking cool. 
Yeah. And I think one of the greatest takeaways for that, and like, if you look at like part two of your book, you literally talk about like hire a coach, right? I think it's, it's something that you see again, successfully includes like all of my friends that run that I go to, like when, when I like, I don't know what, I don't know like the difference between my ear hole, and my asshole. And I got to call Ben because like, you got to get like, Ben, I don't know where I am. I don't know what's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, I yeah. need help. And he'll be like, he'll explain that he has a coach. And I was like, who tells you what to do? Yeah. Like, who's the Oracle on the Hill that gives you the answers? But it, it just, it goes to show you that it's like, you know, like you kind of said, like someone that'll either a call you on your bullshit. Cause that's why I'll pick up the phone with Ben. Ben will be the first guy to be like, you're being an idiot. I was like, Oh, Oh fuck. Thanks man. Like, I, I appreciate yeah. that. But the fact that someone, someone is above him in that case. And like, he has a coach and you have a coach. And I think that, that just lends credence to like the process, right? Well, I talk, I talk about it in the book, you know, I, I will tell you right now, early on in my career, I was, I read, I mean, you'll know this, John, you know, John Meadows very well. I, um, when I wanted to start bodybuilding, uh, I, I downloaded all of John's first programs, like the destroyer, whatever they're called. Right. And I was following them and I said to myself, Oh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I just, I, I, I think I, was back then, did I send a written letter before emails? <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. But I went on his website, I contacted him, I said, John, can I hire you? And he must have thought, Jesus, who's this guy sending his first check-in photos? And I, and I literally hired John Meadows. Um, and John took me through the early stages of, of my bodybuilding, and I thought I was kind of like Ronnie Coleman in my own head. And, and uh, you know, and then I, 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 uh, I mean, Luke Lehman helped me in the early days, John Meadows, and then I've had a lot of business mentors. And I promise you, I even said this on, 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 um, uh, when I was talking to somebody on a video yesterday, that I, I stayed the course with the Polyquin Institute and hired Charles after every seminar. I paid Charles, his, he, Charles used to call it a brain picking fee. And I sat down and I remember one of my first questions to Charles Polyquin was, Charles, why am I not adding weight? He goes, you eat as much protein as a lawyer. And I went, okay. So his point was obviously that I don't eat any food. And then I came away from that. And I remember all these little questions that I have, these things that I thought were so insignificant, they were things that I needed answers, but I just paid my way to play. And every way through my career, if there's something I don't know, I've been prepared to put my money where my mouth is. I was prepared to travel to, to Florida to, to meet Ben. And then fortunate enough to put myself in positions of different people who helped me in my career. But I worked out, I mean, in terms of seminars, I know that there's been well over six figures, well over six figures. Um, and I'm, I'm still investing a lot more money to this day because there's people ahead of you and me. There's people that are, have worked out a lot of their stuff already. And whether it's powerlifting, bodybuilding, business and marketing, the way that I've developed my career is, is I've, I've paid to play. And I still have to this day, like a lot of coaches, as you do, hey, bud, you know, can I ask you advice on this? Can I ask you advice on that? And I always think that there's, there's, there's a degree of free information. And then I've earned the right to say, now's your time to pay to play. Because I can't, I've never got anywhere with one word answers. But I have by paying for people for an hour. Because that's where the, the beauty lies. That's where the seminars lies. That's where the coaching comes in. Because I think that you can't learn anything unless you go to the source and actually, you know, people are sent through my programs. They'll do an online program and then they'll come to my mentoring because that's where I can make the biggest impact. And I think that we all start our journey off. And this is a quick business tip, essentially to anybody out there. We all think that the number one thing is online coaching, right? Selling online coaching, whether you're a strength coach, personal trainer, fitness professional, 
it takes somebody a lot of confidence to reach out and ask for a coach. But it took me no confidence to, 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 to download John Meadows' programs. And I know you have your, your squat programs, your training programs that you have on your website. The word ascension in marketing is a very key word for, for fitness professionals to understand. We don't ascend straight into high ticket, 250 a month, 350 a month, $2,000 courses. We ascend through content, something of lower value, and then we ascend into higher value. So I have all my, you know, whether it's your podcast, whether it's my podcast, whether I have free things that I give away, most fitness professionals are becoming so disillusioned that they're not having clients, but there's nothing in between hearing about them and actually paying the big bucks for their coaching. So this middle gap, most people are so unfulfilled because no one's hiring them. And I'm like, well, I don't know you. I don't know your programming. I don't know your thought process. And so my mentors over the years have actually, and that takes a long time to build because you've got to have that kind of journey that people are going on in the early stages. And that's something that I know you have, something that I know you probably didn't have in the first place. And then we're looking at it going, why are not enough people kind of finding out about me? Yeah, it's interesting for you to mention like, you know, paying to play because I think there's there's a disconnect even now in still people going to sell. And I see it even in mine sometimes where it's like, you know, we've developed a bit of a name and people show up and you can tell the people that are there to build value and you can tell the people that are just going to line up to take a photo with you at the end. And it's just like back then, like the, like and like the names you list and the seminars you go to, like this is, if I had to make a Mount Rushmore of like fitness industry OGs, like, you know, Lehman, Poliquin, Tibbs, like these are, these are the who's who of the fitness industry. Like this should almost be standard issue reading if you're coming into this game. You got to know who these guys are. You didn't go listen to Charles speak and pay out the nose to listen to him just make fun of you and only talk to the big guys. If you just wanted a photo with Charles, you wouldn't do it. So there's an indulgence in the information that I think is, and I don't want to say it's lacking because I'm confident that there are still coaches who are looking to indulge in information, but it's being a little bit diluted by like showing up, taking a picture and leaving, right? Yes, or in the yes, indulgence yes, yes. and like they're putting into practice, right? People want to go get their certificate get their badge or whatever get their participation trophy and then on to the next to, to give the perception of value rather than actually like indulging in the information. And it's like to know, like, you know, we had Derek Woodski on the podcast. who was one of like the Poliquin coaches, him and Ryan Fanley were like right, based out right, of. Right. Yeah. And just unbelievable coaches and, and athletes in their own right. But it's like, he, they would tell you stories about Charles's seminar and they're like, no one would show up to this if it, they didn't deem this valuable because he's just going to make fun of you for like four days. So I think it's just, it's an interesting like contrast now. And I always like challenge people to make sure that they're indulging in the content rather than just sitting there and being attentive because so much of what we do, we can let, you know, social media take the wheel. We can be kind of unconscious in the, in that moment. Um, but it's just like to hear you say some of these names, man, like the hair on the back, the hair on the back of my arm stands up. But can I, can I just say this, right? You, you know, like you go to John Meadows' training camps. Um, I haven't been to one of his ones uh, in the UK. You watch someone like him. It's about getting under the bar, right? You go to Charles Poliquin's, he, there's a lot of subtle, subliminal messaging. Now, I know this is like an NLP kind of term, but Charles and John and other influential people, they're trying to help you to progress, they're not there just to give you education. So when I'm at Charles's seminar, when he's taking the piss out of people, he's kind of giving you a bit of a leg up. And I remember one of my mentors said to me that bullies 
are actually sent to you to stop you being weak. And I love this because I was bullied when I was younger. And do you know what it turned me into? I got to 120 kgs, right? <laughs> and then I remember being in an airport, bud, and some guy walked past me and he went, Mark Coles? And I went, how you doing? And I was like, you fucking bullied me at school, you asshole. And the guy was like fucking pencil. And there was nothing about, like, I didn't turn around and just fucking bury him. But I was like, dude, thank you. Yeah. You know, I really appreciate like everything. I got a leg up. So when I was at seminars with Charles, he would take the piss out of you. If you came back to his seminar and you weren't stronger, I'll never forget this, Jordan. This, the, we went to a training camp in, in Eliko Training Center in Stockholm, in Sweden. And I'd been, I'd been trying to perfect my squat because I know Charles loved a good deep squat, you know, ass to the grass. And if my, if, if my pelvis wasn't touching the floor, like Charles was like, hey, get deeper, asshole. And, uh, and back in those days, I'm going to end up prolapsing L5S1 <laughs> because of it. But here's the thing. I went away and I studied my squat and I got stronger. And I came back and I went down and did my squat. And Charles just put his hand on my shoulder and went, good squat. And I said to him, it was, it, was, it was amazing. I, I, you know, I wanted to turn around and high five and he'd go, put your hand down, dickhead. <laughs> You're making this, I was like, okay, just take that, take that, go to the toilet. Yeah. And go. Yeah. But here's the thing. The most important thing was at the seminars and, and things that we do, and this is going to, the point I'm making to this is the lifelong journey that people like you've been through and people like Ben and Poliquin and, and Christian Thibodeau and, and John Meadows, that lifelong uh, education that they've been through in their own life journey, the value they bring, not just in the education that they teach, in the stories that they share and, and the subliminal little tips and words of wisdom they give you, I'm there for that, right? I'm there for how did you get to where you are? So if you've got somebody that's done a year in the industry, studied a load of courses, and now calls himself an educator, I'm not bothered. And I think a lot of personal trainers um, should really, you know, look at the backstory of somebody and say, like, like I looked at you and you, you've come into this industry five or six years or whatever and, and seen this. But then you look at this backstory of, of like the powerlifting, you know, Stanford. I see that story. I, I look at it. I followed it. I've gone back through and gone, fuck me. No, because you want to know who this person is. But there's this, there's this cart that you're dragging behind you of value. And I think that when we look at these kind of OGs, as you call them, the, 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 the value doesn't just lie in the education. You, there's a responsibility that we have to try and help that person give them a leg up. And the funny thing we've talked about this whole podcast is the leg up that people need is partially the education, but partially leveling up. And leveling up, as my book describes, is a personal development journey as well as a physical. I mean, I, I talk about getting in shape. I don't mean getting to a, a you know, 901 lift or whatever. What I mean is just act out the thing that you say you want to become and don't leave that behind. And then professionally, learn how to make a business that serves you and creates a stable cushion, as they call it in business, that makes sure that you never wake up in the morning frightened that you've not got enough money. So it's personal growth and development, yourself, your knowledge, and your own personal journey. And then becoming a professional is this kind of 360, I call it my 360 degrees of excellence, because excellence is, there is no finish line. I do not have a point that I want to get to, and I'm excited by the fact that I'm still doing this at 70, 80. My dad, by the way, right now, um, he, he's 74, and he's still got his property portfolio, and he wakes up with purpose. And I think if there's one thing that all of us should be waking up for in the morning, it's just purpose. 
Just yeah. in, uh, an inspired journey like you have. I watch you in the car. We're off to this different de de destination. We're teaching this. We're teaching that. Personal trainers, if you're training 30 people in a gym each week, that's an insane purpose, you know? Yeah, I think and, and just to go back to the book, like in going through your 10, 10 fitness, 10, uh, 10 lessons for fitness professionals, like, did, like the – the, the succinct nature of like the 10 lessons and like this idea of like leveling up. Cause it's again, like I think when you read the book, you realize that it's like, it's a term that people are using a lot, but it's a term that very few people are indulging in. And I think the book and like, and obviously like not to blow your own horn, but in, in reading through it and, and seeing what's worked for me and like this, some of the ideas, like you'll get a little bit of personal development from a guy that you don't respect from a professional like a professional level or you'll get like a little bit of physique development for someone who has a terrible business or you'll get a little bit of like professional development from someone who has no physique and no idea of like personal awareness and personal development so like the thing and it like uh, i didn't start paying attention to this until ben dragged me aside and was like look man like you're gonna have like another anxiety attack if you don't get your shit together and your business is also having an anxiety attack because you don't have your shit together Right. So it's just like, it's, it's cool to see, like, and especially, and I want to pick your brain a little bit about the 10 lessons, um, just to see it coming from someone who's like, yeah, I was 120 kilos. Like I trained with Jordan Peters and I could still hang. I remember seeing actually in the train by JP early days that you, you did a training session that was recorded with Jordan. This is before I even knew, I, I knew of you through Ben, but before we connected and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? What is he? And then like a little bit of backstory is like that guy really? Cause like I always associated the bigger you were the worst business you had. Cause the bigger I was the worst business I had. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. I think it's something that I think your industry is lacking is people that walk the walk and talk the talk. Now I wanted to ask a question about the 10 lessons for fitness professionals of those. What do you find? What, which one of those lessons do you find? And, and you can pick one or two if you, if you'd like, but like, which do you find the most profound or which do you find to be like the, the most um, well-received or the most like most often cited as something that's, you know, when you give this advice to someone, they walk away and go, this one, this one here is like really what I need to focus on. Do you know what? I mean, do you know, you, you say that and they're in front of me right now. And um, I think that the, the notion that, you're an you're an evolving entity essentially as as an individual, and you need to be okay with that. Uh, as you said right now, Ben was like, you need to get your shit together, uh, and, and you need to get this together, that together. Is understanding that you're an evolving entity, and that's why when people are kind of like six months later, I've lost my shit again. It's like yeah, because you need guidance, right? And and so it's okay to lose your shit, <laughs> you know. It's okay to get a bit lost because one of the big things that we talk about in the industry is self-doubt. And it is, is probably when I say, you know, it's okay to have these kind of ups and downs. And I talk about, you know, this, this, um, this first lesson here was don't hold on to the old version of you. Be grateful for who you were, but acknowledge that a new version of you is the one who's going to take you forward is constantly searching to recreate that version of yourself. And when I meet in trainers all the time, it's, Letting go of the bullshit because the bullshit is stopping you to get into the future. So for me, it's a, the version of you that wants to get to tomorrow has to get, let go of the version of you today. 
And, and that for me is kind of the biggest lesson that I find trainers coming to see me. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm unsure of where I want to get to. And I'm like, that's cool. That's okay. And self-doubt is probably one of the best drivers you can ever have for your success because I bet you had self-doubt of 901. But let's keep yeah. it. Let's keep it. Because if you didn't have self-doubt, you wouldn't have gone for a 901. Because if you were like living the comfortable life, you wouldn't have even challenge yourself. So for me, whenever self-doubt's in place, as all trainers have, that self-doubt is the thing that's driving you because it's making you want to do more. Because when I had started writing my book, I had self-doubt because I didn't think that I deserved to write a book. But hey, presto, eight months later, we've got a freaking book. You know, um, so that version of where somebody is right now, it's the acceptance to let go and then create the next version, which is the thing that I run into a lot with trainers, that they're holding on to perceptions and beliefs about themselves right now and not giving themselves permission to start a new chapter. And that new chapter is the thing that inspires you to wake up tomorrow, the day after, the day after. And for me, what's, you know, every time I do a mentoring call, it's not, can I teach you about Facebook ads? Can I teach you about marketing? It's, it's helping somebody to believe and give them themselves permission to step up another gear. So here's the thing. When you are working with your bodybuilding coach, like with me, with Jordan, it was like, okay, dude, you've got to 100. Um, good job. We're putting up another 50 grams of carbs a day. I was like, fuck, why? The reason why we constantly give ourselves incremental goal is purpose. Like in bodybuilding, in powerlifting, it's fucking ludicrous to squat 901. Why the, why the fuck would you do that? You're probably going to snap yourselves. And when I see you're on the bar now, go shaking like mad and you're going, and you think, what's that there for? It's a marker. It's a drive. It's a challenge. And that challenge is replicated in other areas of your life. And I genuinely, Jordan, when you see those things, the, 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 the kind of 10 points that I make, if there's no challenge, there's no change. And I think there's a lot of people not challenging themselves because they've not yet given themselves permission to create a new challenge. Imagine if, I mean, if the world was challenging themselves at the same pace, what type of world would we have? Which you know, makes this incredible thing to think about. But level up for me, when you look at those 10 areas for me, is you have to let go of the old you because level up is about constant progress. And the whole life is going to be about constant challenge. And if you're waking up in the morning with constant challenge, you will never stop being an evolving entity. And in turn with that, you're going you're gonna to attract better friends, increase your income, build a better physique, have more social influence, and be fulfilled every single day. Yeah, what I really like, like there's an image in the book. It's like a Venn diagram. And I, I think of it almost like a kaleidoscope that you can look through, right? With personal, professional, and, and, um, and physical. And like in the middle of that is like the excellence. And I think excellence. having those three boundaries... Of, of like, look, these can wave in, right? This is how like this kaleidoscope of vision is gonna, is gonna operate. Like we, and I've been to a point where like, look, I had to wave in physical. Like I had to be living, and I probably didn't have to be living out of my car, but like I, I, the fact that I was there and I was that strong was, it was some sort of proof. It was some sort of knowledge that I wouldn't have gained otherwise. And now the physical has kind of opened up a little bit. And now there's much more personal and professional that wave in, but the center of that being excellence, I think is, yeah, but with, it keeps that clarity of vision which is something i think is really cool man um and it's again it's, it's rare to see this kind of stuff uh coming from someone who's still who's still under the bar who's still on the gym floor um who's who's going for that like meta impact man i really appreciate like you taking the time um so for those those uh, those listening at home level up where where can they get it from um 
So that's the best way to get their hands on it at the moment. So because you've got no fixed address, Jordan, and Rene said, Rene said, I don't know. And I was <laughs> like, poor, well, a poor lady. Yeah, yeah. I said, I said, where's he? Where, where can I send it to in the next week? She goes, I don't know. <laughs> like, I was like, well, that's a great thing to have, right? But but here's the thing. So firstly, you must send me an address where I could at least get one to, because I know you've got the the, the kind of paper uh, the PDF version. Um, and I thank you for referencing the book today, by the way. Um, but it's available on Amazon in the UK if you're in the UK, uh, and then worldwide. Um, I've had, you know, it's on every Amazon platform. I know we've had, we actually got pre-sale number one in, uh, in uh, United Arab Emirates, which is pretty cool, but um, it's not even for sale. So on August the 3rd, it goes live. So if you order it now, it will be at your house for August the 3rd, which happens to be on birthday as well, um, and uh, which is pretty cool. But yeah, so Level Up is available worldwide. Um, and if you just keep an eye out for um, any releases with regards to it on my uh, Instagram, which is Mark Coles, uh, at M, uh, Mark Coles M10. Um, and that directs you everywhere else. Yeah, so. I'll put all the stuff in the show notes and all that. And I'll make sure to reiterate it in the intro where I pump your tires in a place where you can't bog me and tell me and be all humble and shit. So I can get to tell people the true story of Mark Coles without you interrupting. Um, but dude, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. I, I think honestly, like, you know, in being, in being exposed to this industry and, and honestly, I think just being super lucky in, in having good mentors from the get-go, but seeing people who aren't as lucky and, and falling into the traps of just, just bad advice and people who aren't value-driven. Uh, so for you to do what you do in the space that you do it and the way that you do it, I think is, is unbelievably valued because of the values that you have. So again, I just want to thank you, man, for taking the time to come on and, and taking the time to write it. I like uh, eight months to crank out a book here. You like that's, that's your bragging, man. I've been working on this thing for four years. So if that's not proof of concept, I don't know what is. Uh, I, I hugely appreciate you taking the time to come on, man. Uh, do, you know, do you know what, Jordan? F- firstly, for me, I'm grateful for the people that have introduced us um, because it's extended um, my network of, of colleagues and people that I respect in the industry. So thank you for having me on. And, and as Ben said, you know, I, I mean, I, I started and stopped writing my book many, many times. And about three years ago, um, I, I spoke to somebody in Abu Dhabi when I was teaching away. And uh, he was a very influential, very successful man. And, and I said, do you mind if I ask you a question in kind of like a mentoring capacity? Why have I not written a book? Because everyone's writing a nutrition book and this book, that book. And he said, because you're legacy focused, my man, I've just listened to a day of your seminars. And therefore, I don't think that you're happy with your legacy being ready yet. And I went, oh, my God. So level up ultimately is not the fact I'm done. It's just that there is a framework now that I know that it is not isolated to making wealth. It is purely helping fitness professionals. And I know there's going to have a carryover to other industries too, achieve a fulfilling, successful and happy career. And if that is seven figures, then fucking good on you. If that is making an impact on the world and living comfortably with a certain amount of money, knowing you've made a huge amount of impact, good on you. Um, But it is about creating the life that you want to create and not replicating somebody else's and therefore in its entirety, making you happy, you know? And I think this career, and I know for you, know, I'm sure I can speak for you. I'm so grateful for our industry, man. I, 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 I just eternally grateful for the opportunity to help people change their lives because I'm doing something now, which I never thought was possible. And, uh, you know, now the book gives me an opportunity to share a roadmap that gives people their opportunity to, and you've given me an opportunity to talk about it. So thank you. Oh, brilliant, man. Thank you so much. My pleasure, bud.